Aloha, it's Robert Stelic with Blue Planet Surf. Welcome to the third episode of the Blue Planet Show, all about wing foiling. And this episode is with Alan Cadiz, and he is such an inspiration from the very early days of wing foiling. He's put out great videos and content and is always on the latest equipment. So uh, it's really cool to be able to talk to him about the history of our young sport. And I just wanted to say honestly that I'm a little bit of an introvert, so for me to be able to reach out to these people and ask all these questions of what I want to know about and all that from my home office in the garage is such a cool thing and I'm really enjoying it. But to be honest, also it is a lot of work to set the appointments, prep for the interviews, film it, uh, edit it, and then post it. So. I'm not going to be able to do this on a weekly basis, but I'm shooting for every two to four weeks I'm going to post a new show. This is my third show and I have another show lined up with Annie Reichert, another interview um, coming up soon. And then I have a few more in, in the works. Definitely going to keep them coming, but just not on a weekly basis. And of course, it, if you can't watch this whole video on YouTube, it's, it is a long interview. You can also listen to it as a podcast and on Android or Apple devices, you just open your podcast app, uh, search for the Blue Planet Show, and you'll be able to listen to it while you're driving or doing chores and so on. You can do other things while you're listening as well. So without further ado, please welcome the third guest to the Blue Planet Show. Alan Kadiz, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. You've done so many great videos about wing foiling and teaching people how to wing foil. Really appreciate that. And thank you for joining me on the show. So can we start a little bit about your background and just tell us a little bit how you, your background and how you got into wing foiling eventually? Thank you, Robert. Thank you for having me on the show. I've enjoyed your first episodes. You know, wing foiling for me, like so many people, have been life-changing. Uh, it's so addictive. Um, and my path to wing foiling has been by chance, really. I come from a background of water sports but it turned out that my neighbor put together a wing to try on a foil board. Let me back up. Yeah, start with how you grew up and all that, like, way from well, the beginning. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Kailua Boy, went to Kalaheo High School, grew up right near Kailua Beach, just a short 30-second walk down to the beach. And we lived in Enchanted Lakes when I was, I think I went to third grade elementary. And then we moved down to the beach when I was 12. And it didn't take long before I started surfing and the neighbor had a Hobie cat that I had access to. And when I turned 18, I started windsurfing. I worked at Froome Sailing Company. I don't know if you remember that little boat store as you come into Kailua. Oh, yeah. uh, and Dean was my mentor in the early days, taught me how to sail, set me up with my first windsurfer, gave me time off to go winging, or sorry, windsurfing when the wind was up. Uh, and back then, windsurfing was the rage, the addiction. And I I went to college, but then I dropped out so that I could go windsurfing. I had an uh, opportunity to go to Malaysia to compete for Neil Pride back then. And I thought, this opportunity doesn't come along too often. I'm going to take a semester off and go to Malaysia and windsurf. And that turned into about a 10-year career in windsurfing, competitive windsurfing. And I ended up on Maui. The wind is so strong over here. I came over for a month to, uh, to windsurf for a month prior to one of the contests. And after the contest was over, I was pretty settled in and there wasn't any need to rush home. And I ended up staying on Maui. Uh, and I 
had spent a number of years training and competing. And, but I wondered, am I going back to college? What am I going to do? And I fumbled into teaching windsurfing and discovered I had a knack for it. And before too long, had a nice little business going, teaching high-end windsurfing, mainly jiving and water starting. But then people wanted to have their family and friends learn. And so I started a beginner program and the school grew. I've been based in high-tech surf sports for the last 30 years, but I work with the majority of the shops here on Maui, teaching their clientele the different water sports. So windsurfing was the the main thing. But of course, when there was no wind, we'd teach surfing. Just going back to Kailua, growing up in Kailua, that was when Robbie Nash was, grew up in Kailua too. So did you windsurf together with those guys, Robbie and Pete Cabrina and those guys? Or Funny you ask, Pete Cabrina lived right next door, right oh, over wow. the next fence. Yeah. And I remember watching him windsurf and doing his first jumps and he he was shaping boards and he was an inspiration. So I thought, okay, I got to do this too. Robbie traveled in different circles. He was a little bit younger and it seemed to me he was always off on tour. Mm. Uh, but his brother, I went to school with his brother and Randy yeah. and we were partners in crime going over to windsurf diamond head. And I spent more time with Robbie. I'm sorry, with Randy. Randy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so when or how did the transition to wing foiling happen? Actually, do you still windsurf or are you just mostly wing foiling now? Not so much windsurfing. I still run the windsurf school, although COVID has changed that right now. But my daughter's more into windsurfing than winging, although I'm trying to convert her to <laughs> wingsurfing. Um, from windsurfing, kite surfing came along and that was all the rage. So I jumped into that and I, I live the the kite surfing, eat, sleep, kite surf, eat, sleep, kite surf, did some competitions and did the whole peak, but then got over it and got more into sup paddling. And we did a lot of uh, sup. In fact, I got a picture here I can share. Yeah, um, let's do some screen sharing so we get a little bit of more visual see. stuff too. This was, we did a lot of competition. I don't know how many hundreds of coast runs I've done from Maliko down to Kahului Harbor. Would be the equivalent of Hawaii Kai to Diamond Head kind of thing. On. That looks like one of the early SIC boards. Is that yes. a one? No, it's styrofoam, but yes, you're right. It's one of Mark Rappahorse SIC boards or Sandwich Island construction. Yeah. And Mark is a good friend of mine, known him for decades. He and I, we did the sup paddling and then kai lenny showed up with that sup board with the foil on it that oh, kind yeah, of rocked yeah. the world and we looked at that and we're like wow that looks so cool and backing up a couple weeks from that video review mark rapworth and my neighbor ken winner and i were having dinner and after a couple bottles of wine we talked about taking one of ken's foils and putting it on my board and Mark would do the glass work. And we thought about, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna put the foil on the set board and we're gonna try it out. And it never happened. And about two weeks later, Kai comes out with that video of him going down the coast. Now, putting it together is one thing, but making it work, what Kai did was exceptional. And I don't know if we would have had the, I don't think, I don't think we would have stuck with it as hard as it was. But after watching him, we were inspired. So we did get some foil boards, both Ken and Mark and I. We got the foil boards and we started going from Aliko when it was blowing 25, 30 knots. 
And right away we learned it was really hard. And I, I had no foil experience. And people were telling me, oh, you got to learn behind a boat. You got to learn in the surf. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to do it going down the coast. And I was convinced <laughs> I could do it. And eventually I got a Malico 200 and I could do it. And I could stay up for you know hundreds of yards at a time. And at that point, everyone else was getting pretty good. I can remember one episode where we went from was North that to- on a really long race board, or what kind of board were you using at that? No, point? at that point we were using. I think they were like eight foot sup boards, and we were just starting to figure out. And these were Mark was making them custom boards. We were just starting to figure out that the shorter the board, the more easier it was to pump. You didn't have that swing weight up front. Right. Uh, we were getting smaller and smaller boards, and, and I have another picture here. Let me see if I can cue it up here. Yeah. This board here, this was my latest SUP board that Mark had shaped for me. I think it was just under six feet. That's about 85 liters. Had just the front strap, which I used to help pull up on the board, trying to get up on foil. And so it was about this time. Uh, that we were trying to go down the coast and having some success. Ken Winner was right there with us. And he actually was a skilled foiler. He could windsurf foil, he could kite foil, but sup foil was tough for him. And the board he had was a 130 liter fiberglass board. It was pretty heavy. And trying to pump that up on foil was really taking its toll on his shoulders. One afternoon he was out there in the driveway with this little inflatable wing and we had seen wings have been around for a long time and and ken winner is your neighbor right so you he, yes you can see him in in his in your neighbor's driveway playing around with his inflatable toy yes okay. a little background on ken he's been involved in windsurfing and water sports his whole life i first met him in kailua in the i think it was 1981 or 1982 pan am windsurfing world cup and he actually won the event. So I didn't really know him. I knew he was the, the winner. Ken Winner was the winner. <laughs> uh, and then later on, when I went on tour, I competed with him at a number of different venues. But he's always stayed with it as a board designer, as a, a kite designer, windsurf designer, and probably the last few years, more kite surfing. So he's, he's getting new prototypes all the time, out there testing them in the Maui waters, in the Maui wind. And so I knew he had access to, to prototypes. So anyway, he's out there with this inflatable wing. And my first impression, it was something like you'd get at Kmart, a little blow up toy. And I thought, what is he doing with that? And he explained that he was going to use it to get up on foil and go down the coast with us. And I thought, well, he really wants to be out there with us. And then the entertainment began. We'd go out of Maliko and Mark and I would, make a left turn and head towards Kahului Harbor and Ken would be going out to sea. We're like, where's he going? He'd go over the horizon before we'd see him. Wow. And then we'd see him, he'd coming back. And I didn't know it at the time, but he had a hard time going deep, uh, goofy foot. He needed to switch to regular foot to go deep mm. or to go straight downwind. And so it was difficult for him. And he didn't, like most of us, we go to the flat water spot in the harbor or maybe down to Kanaha. I think on Oahu, you go over to, where is it, near Pearl Harbor. I've seen some videos, the Kihei Lagoon. Oh, Kihei Lagoon by Sand Island. Yeah, that's a good video. Yeah, beautiful spot there. Mm -hmm. So 
remember, we're going out in 25, 30 knots, and he's trying to figure out how to go downwind. And it was entertaining for Mark and I. He had incredible yard sales where it's like, oh, is he okay? Wait, okay, yeah, I see him. He's back on his board. You know, oh, no, he's lost his wing. You know, give chase. We'll go get the wing. And that happened a few times. And so this went on, I think it was May of 18 when oh, he started. Wow. So not that long ago, really. Think about how quickly the sports progressed. That's true. Yeah. So it was later towards the fall that Mark and I were waiting for him. And I saw him coming down the swell and he was surfing right and surfing left and surfing. And each time he would turn the wing. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at that and I thought, that is poetry in motion. I'm ready to try this. And at the end of the run, he let me try it and I fumbled out and fumbled in. But just that short little run, I got to my feet and got it going for a few seconds. And I'm like, okay, I want to try this some more. So that first wing, was that like a prototype made by a duotone or was it like who, who, how, who made it and how was it made, built and stuff like that? Duotone has a factory and they, I'm not even sure where it is uh, in Asia or wherever they make their product. And he dials up a plan on his computer, sends it off via email. And a short time later, he's the FedEx truck is pulling up. Okay. So that first one. Did it have a boom like the, the wing foil one? Or? The very first one had a strut on it. Okay. And they, they had sewn some webbing on it that was so flimsy that just after a couple, three or four runs, the webbing has, had peeled off. Not, it just deteriorated. And then his first one with a boom, I'm not sure what he did. I think he went to the hardware store and he bought a mop or something and removed the, he had the dowel and the little brackets, and then he had lashed those brackets on. <laughs> on. And then not too long after that, he was getting a guy here on Maui to 3D print a front end. But it was about that time that I took an interest and wanted to try it. So we went down to Kanaha and the first day, I, like so many of us, I got my knees were rubbed raw. And, but I was getting rides and I was staying upwind. And remember, I'd come to the sport with knowing how to foil and knowing how to sail, both windsurf and kite surf. So the wing was pretty intuitive for me and knowing how to foil, it came together. And I'm sure I've seen other people just step on and go right from the beginning. But yeah, I think if you have the background in windsurfing and you know how to use a foil, then it's a very easy transition. That's what Zane was saying too. Like the very first time he jumped on it, he was already trying to backflip and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's Zane, Zane Schweitzer. So yeah. Anyway. The first few, the first, uh, second day I tried it, I fell on the boom and broke the front end, the, the 3D, 3D printed front end. Oh. And I said, Ken, I can make one that won't break. I've got a TIG welder. And I welded up a simple front end and we were able to lash that on. And that, that made a huge difference in the tightness of the rig. Mm-hmm. Now, coming from a windsurf background, I've always preferred the boom. It just feels more natural to hold the boom. Uh, and I think Ken, he's, Duotone has a couple different models and they have the unit, which has the wing, the handles as well. Mm-hmm. But I prefer the Echo style. 
Yeah, I'm the same way because of my windsurfing background. I really like the boom and just being able to move your hands around and, and just grab the boom without looking for the handle and stuff like that. But I guess recently I, I started using wings with handles too, and I kind of got used to that. And there's some advantages to to that to the handles. I think one one thing about the duotone booms is that they add quite a bit of weight to the wing, and you do notice that when you try a lighter wing. They are coming out with a new model here soon. Right. And in fact, yeah. by the time so, by the time this interview airs. I think they'll have announced their new product. And I've got some video of that. Yeah, let's talk about that new, that's the Duotone Slick Wing, right? We've already seen videos and stuff of it, which is an interesting concept. So it combines a an inflatable strut with a stiff boom kind of attached to it. Yes, let me see. So it's the Slick incorporates the boom into the strut. Right. One of the, it's a lot lighter. And I don't know all the details, but I can tell you that the, the length of the boom here is the same for all the different sizes. I think they're going to go from a two and a half meter all the way up to a seven meter with half increments. So four, four, five, five, oh, five, five, et cetera. Hmm. And the same boom will fit all the models. So you can just buy one boom for your quiver, or you can buy a boom for each one. Now they also come in carbon as well as the aluminum. And the aluminum booms are gonna have a little bit of a oval shape to them, which are very comfortable on your hands. And it gives you a sense of where the wing is without looking at it, what right. position the wing is in. I know that the carbon one is about a half a pound lighter than the aluminum one. And just the, the size of it is gonna be considerably lighter than the Echo. And the boom just slides into these nylon pouches on the front and back, I guess it looks like. Right? Yes. It, now, the, when, you, when you look at that front, let me see if I can get a little bit better angle here. That front attachment, that's going to be changed slightly. There's, there's going to be some padding, some webbing straps that actually Velcro to hold that in. Apparently, the guys in Europe, when they were doing tricks where they back-winded that was coming loose, so they've oh. modified it. This is it. This is actually not a production wing. Mm -hmm. It's one of the prototypes with the logos on it. So there's still a few more changes to make, but for the most part, this is what the wings will look like. So I'm wondering, you're saying the boom is the same length for all sizes. So on, on the bigger wings, have you, like sometimes I like to put my hand way in the back, like when you're doing a duck jive type, type of turn or or going steep upwind, you, you want to put your hand way back sometimes. Is it, do you ever feel like you want to put your hand further back than the boom goes or is that um, not an issue? No, it's not an issue because the wing is so much tighter that the range of sheeting in and sheeting out is very tight. It's a very tight wing. I don't think, I haven't had that problem. How does it feel? Times, so how does it feel on the wave when you're luffing it behind you? It tracks really nice. Better it, than the unit was. I haven't ridden the unit. I'm sorry, I meant echo. The echo is the one. Yes, that. better than the echo. Now the if you think of the center strut as on, um, the center strut is like the keel in the wind mm -hmm. or like the tail on a kite. It's going to keep the, the wing pointed into the wind because the strut acts like a rudder. Oh, and yeah. the, the echo never had that. 
Mm -hmm. And that's one reason why it, it oscillated so much. Oh yeah, that makes and sense. You have to remember a little bit back in, it was 18 that Ken started and the fall of 18 on, it started to get out in videos in social media and all of a sudden everyone was interested, not just enthusiasts, but manufacturers. Can you and play it, a little video of it, like in action or just Yeah, like sorry. So one of the other things with, unlike the Echo, with the center strut, uh, it floats. Now, if you're used to, that's nothing new if you're using a wing that um, has a center strut, but it's really nice compared to the Echo when it sits on the water, it, it doesn't sink. The boom doesn't sink in the, when the wind catches it. Yeah, yeah yes. that's, that's nice. Now, when do you think this will be actually in ready in the stores? When can we get our first shipment at Blue Planet? <laughs> I'm wondering. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy here. Yeah. Uh, like that's one thing that's been frustrating me with the duotones is they're kind of um, hard to get and hard to know when we can actually get them. Well, I think it's not just duotone. I think yeah. some of it can be chalked up to the worldwide pandemic. They had to shut their factories down just like we did too. Shut our restaurants down and on the supply chain was affected. I know that they were having trouble getting cloth. And this is just secondhand information I'm hearing from my neighbor. I think he did tell me that they have produced a number of units already, but then there's shipping if it's coming by boat. And you heard about that contain container ship that went down. Well, not went down, but all the containers fell over. Yeah, I did. Uh, apparently high tech had a number of F1 wings in one of those containers. Oh, wow. So a lot of product was lost there. So it's, I don't know if it's just duotone, maybe the other manufacturers have different sources, but um, no, it's the same. I guess Ozone has their own factory, so they're a little bit more, it's more clear like how long it's going to take and when they're going to ship it and stuff like that. It's easier to predict. But yeah, no, I know everybody's, I know just the materials you have to order six months in advance. So this is a video that I put together with a little GoPro speedometer. Mm-hmm. And what I can tell you about the performance of these wings uh, is that they are head and shoulders better uh, than anything I've ridden. They're super tight. They go upwind, unbelievable. The, the outline, you know, that they, they have a square shape. So that wingtip, you can bring right down low to the water and it's really efficient. If the wingtip does catch, it clears really easily on um, they're really tight now this is a four five that, that i'm using and this was just a couple days ago the wind's been cranking here uh, and i was really powered up with this four five yeah but, over 20 miles per hour that's pretty fast so that's uh port or starboard tack is my weak side i'm a regular foot so this is my stronger side mm -hmm. Um, this is Kahului Harbor that we're looking at. I'm going to turn the sound down. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 26 miles per hour. That's, yeah, that's impressive. What foil are you using? What, yeah, what, do you have any advice on the foils? Um, I'm using a GoFoil. Go foil. Um, I have 
all the different, I have a lot of the different models on, I mentioned earlier, I have the 200, that's where I started. And it's where I start when I'm teaching people, I use the 200. On. I also have the GL series, as well as the, the NLs. And the one I'm riding in this video is, it's actually a custom um, toe wing. I think Al's only made a few. I think he, he gave one to some of the big wave toe, toe surfers on the North shore of Oahu. You might yeah, have seen I think it. I heard about that. I think Derek Hamasaki has one of those maybe. I think I've seen it. So it's not one that's, I don't know if he's planning to bring that to market. Let's so, see. So 28 miles an hour was your top speed it looked like. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Now here's another wing. This is from more recently. And it's, let me turn the sound down. This is one of the prototypes from several months ago. I'm lucky enough that Ken lets me use some of the older, the stuff that didn't make the cut. And he'll make a wing and he'll figure out, okay, this works really well and this doesn't work so well. And, and there's been a number of people on Maui that have been recipients of the, the seconds. Um, the really bad ones end up in the trash. The really good ones he keeps. <laughs> and then some of the others like this one. And this is a 3-3 and it's blowing. Gosh, it was gusting up to 40 this day. And uh, my first run, the wing was underinflated. My wife was using it. I don't think she pumped it up hard enough. So I came back and pumped it up and then did another run. Now the foil that I'm using is, I don't think it's going to be available uh, unless Al puts it into production, but he is working on another wing that another foil that is foils are underwater wings are in the air hmm, okay. he's working on another foil that is considerably faster he let me take a run on it and i didn't have the speedometer when i used it but it felt really fast i'm hoping he'll get me one of those when they come uh, into production yeah and then i guess faster foils are usually smaller surface area and thinner profile that's and then more high aspect type of shape is that what makes them fast would you say or what's how did it look smaller thinner equals speed but of course you're going to need more wind and more skill to get yeah, up on. more speed to get going and get up on the foil yeah one thing that i found now when i first started teaching i had a maliko 280 I don't know if you have one of those. Um, yeah, that was like super bouncy when they went on the original mass, right? Yeah. I, I um, tried that in the early days. The 280, I thought would be really good for teaching people. And it does foil at about a walking speed. But there's so much drag that you really have to push the thing hard. And for people who are, excuse me, for people who are just learning how to use the wing, trying to power that wing to push the board up on foil it, it actually the 200 people did better on the 200 because they there was less drag and they could get it up to foil speed easier and what i found is that in my own learning as i've graduated down in smaller and smaller wings that the tiny wing does take more speed to get going but there's less drag to push it through the water so it seems like you can get up to that takeoff speed easier. Does it make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I've, I've had that same experience. So, and you say you still use the Maliko 200 for teaching people how to wing, yeah? Yes, now I did do one modification. I cut the mass down from 24 to 15 inches. 
Oh, wow. 15-inch mass, okay. Yeah, and that's nothing new. There's been other foil manufacturers that have made different mass lengths for beginners. It's just safer too, right? You don't, if, when you breach, you don't crash as from as high. So Yes, yes. In fact, when it does breach, it's a rude drop, but usually they'll maintain enough speed to kick it back right up again. You and it recover. teaches them the importance, you know, of not too high, not too low. That makes sense. You have so many good videos teaching how to, oh. to wing foil. And, and then, yeah, actually also you're, you have that Patreon channel. I just signed up for this yesterday and it's really cool. I don't know if you mind me sharing some of these posts, but I guess yeah, if you pay like $5 a month or so, you can choose what, how much you want to contribute, but then you get access to all these really detailed techni technical videos on how to wing foil, which is really cool. Like this one here about attacking, I watched yesterday and it, it's, I'm going to turn off the sound here, but it just has really good instructions. I have to say it's well, really you. well done, Alan. And, and yeah, so if you're learning how to wing foil, and I guess that's something too, like maybe you talk a little bit about how the pandemic has affected your business and like how you transitioned to doing more of this kind of virtual coaching and things like that. Sure. Thank you. I, I've been running the windsurf school since 85. You know, I came to Maui to windsurf, but like I said, I skipped college and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I fell into to what I love to do is that's teach windsurfing. And I developed the business and it's grown over the years. We've diversified into on uh, surfing and kiting and sup and although windsurfing and sup is our bread and butter i'm sorry windsurfing and kiting is our bread and butter when foiling came along on uh, it uh, sorry the it's just the video is distracting me on <laughs> <laughs> when no. when foiling came along wing foiling on um, i thought oh this is something i could teach in the school and you remember ken he had this stream of prototypes coming into the neighborhood here and people were really intrigued by foiling. That's my wife. They were really intrigued by foiling and they wanted to do it. And Robert business was really good. <laughs> I was the only one that had the wings, none of the shops. There were, there was nothing available. Didn't buy them yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I was sharing the wings and giving lessons and turning people on anyone that asked, I'd let them try it. And we were poised on, I was getting boards and sales and training instructors, and we were poised to teach wing surfing. And then COVID hit and changed everything, shut everything down, turned Maui into a car park full of tourist cars. Uh, all the restaurants were closed and we just hunkered down. We went to Costco's, everybody else, and loaded up. And so during this downtime, besides doing the house maintenance and the things that everyone did, I thought that I would put together some videos or do a video on this is how we teach wing foiling. And that was, I don't know if you have that one. That's uh, it's on YouTube. It's my daughter's the star on, but that one, put it up and this one learn how to no, get up and see. No, on foil. It's, it's older. It's older. Huh? The, the, oh, maybe on all the videos. He, Oh, part one, how to. That's it right there. So hey, I just took my daughter down to the beach uh, nearby and took my dog down and took the video camera and 
just put together. This was the introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my prone foil board that I use for regular surfing. Um, mm -hmm. And it works on the wing too. That's anyway. Um, we just went down, had some fun. And my daughter at this point, she was able to foil and go upwind and we were just going to use the big board. Yeah. yeah. So I put her on the big board and we just went through, this is how we teach. And it was, the idea was an infomercial on what we're doing at the school. And there was so much uh, positive feedback that I thought I'd do part two. And that's the one where I'm getting up on foil in the harbor. And people were so appreciative that I was doing that. And a friend said, you should have a Patreon account, and which I didn't know what that was. And I went home and looked at it and realized this is me right now. Because again, COVID had shut down the business. And I thought this is a way that I could take my skills online and teach people and not just one at a time at the beach like I normally do, but be able to reach everybody. So that's what I've been working on through the COVID thing. It's, I'm still in the red, but I'm getting close to paying off my equipment, but the appreciation far outweighs any monetary support that the people telling me that I've helped them do this and do that. And thank you. It's, well, you do the same thing with so many of your videos. How many videos have you done that help people? It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Alan. For, for me, it's different, though, because for us, the pandemic was actually like boom times because everybody, nobody could travel. People had extra spending money, the stimulus checks, and then they just and, bought, bought and the ocean, beer, you and know, the ocean and got out on the water every day. Yeah, you could go yeah. out in the water. That was the safest thing you could do. So it's been actually very good for our business in terms of equipment sales. But yeah, in terms of tourists, it, they don't, there's no, nothing right now. Still, I think it hasn't really recovered at all. Let me let me do a couple quick screen shares as well. Okay. Uh, let me turn mine off again here. Hold on. Okay. So yeah, I'll let you do screen share. Uh, okay. This is my daughter. And this was her kind of first session with the wing on a windsurf board with the dagger board. Yeah. Uh, the wing she's using, this was the first... I guess you'd call it uh, echo prototype. This wing was really solid. This thing really changed everything. Uh, it has five battens or something, yeah? Is it had battens. Now, prior to the battens, Ken was using these wings just to go downwind. And you didn't need any battens because he was you know, holding it like a spinnaker sail. Uh, it wasn't until we started sailing at Kanaha and going upwind that they were flapping. And that's really where a lot of the changes began. I met my wife windsurfing. This is an old picture of uh -huh. a magazine. I met her in 87 and we have two daughters together. My oldest one on my left, she's living in California, married. My younger one is living at home here with her boyfriend and she's having a really good time. She works up at the crater. I don't want to say it's a, as a park ranger, but she's working up at the summit with people up there. And nice. she also wing foils, but she prefers to rock climb, free hmm. climb on, let's see. Where do you go on Maui for free climbing? Is that? There's a number of places. There's one over in Kihei and over on the backside. And I don't have any pictures of that queued up. Okay. No worries. 
this is my wife when she realized that my old board, her board, fits in the back of her car. <laughs> <laughs> Big smile. Yeah. <laughs> she loves wing foiling because it's just so easy. You pump up the wing and you're ready to go. Yeah. Assuming you have a car that fits your foil. <laughs> uh, she's also, COVID has changed our relationship for the better. Previously, she would man my office at high tech here, our office. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. So I had this little kiosk in high tech and pre-COVID, she would spend her days in there meeting and greeting people and uh, everything to do with the school. Yeah. We have a, a school van that goes down to the beach for the windsurf gear. Um, and when COVID hit, that was all shut down. But we could go to the beach and wing. She's been putting her time in out on the water. There's my old SUP board, which is perfect for her. It's about 85 liters. Uh-huh. She's got the, uh, that's one of the prototype wings. That's the one that I was doing the speed run on earlier. Uh, and she's, she's making about almost nine out of 10 of her jibes now. And which is something that she didn't quite do in windsurfing, even though she's been a lifelong windsurfer. In a lot of ways, like I always struggled doing tack on a small waveboard windsurfing, but on a wing, it's actually, I find it way easier to do a tack because you don't have to jump in front of the wing and stuff like that. So in, in a lot of ways, winging is actually easier than windsurfing, I find. One of the things that makes it so addicting, besides the, the feeling of floating on air, of snowboarding in powder, if you've ever skied or snowboarded, the feeling of powder is exceptional. Uh, there's no pounding, but the besides all those great things and it's quick to set up and and easy is that each time you go out maybe even each run you learn something new and it doesn't matter if you're a beginner just holding the wing for the first time or floating around on a big board forget the foil just sail the board around i've had people do the lessons on the big board and say this is so fun and it is but you haven't even got on the foil board yet and you're loving it. It gets better. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's truly addicting. And yeah. It, I mean, the, the, this being up on the foil, that sensation of flying over the water, really, it, it feels more like you're flying than going over water. So it's, uh, yeah, this, that is so cool. And you know that, I don't know if you've been watching any of the America's Cup racing yeah. You know, last year with the catamarans and this year with the monohulls, it's absolutely incredible how fast they go. Yeah. And us mere mortals will probably never, ever get the chance to ride on one, forget owning one. Um, but you can have your own personal hydrofoil yacht right there for... Yeah relatively inexpensive and in a way it's I, I don't know to me it's almost more interesting because you're basically controlling it with your body weight not it's not like a mechanical control it's like you're controlling the foil it's your body weight i would say it's one of the more freer feelings that you can have and the again it was in may of 18 that ken first got that blow up wing now he's not the first handheld wings have been around for a long time and there's another guy, Flash Austin. He 
deserves the credit for being the first one on Maui to put a wing together on a foil board. And he went out and foiled out and back and got some video. And then I think his wing broke apart and he never put it back together. didn't stick with it. But prior to him, I saw the footage of him doing that. And I thought, no, that looks crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody really thought that it could be what it is today. And I believe it's Tony Lagoche that sometime around 15 or 16, made an inflatable wing, not necessarily with the intention of foiling, but I think he just put together an inflatable wing instead of ones with struts and spars. And um, and he apparently put that on a foil board and made it work on a foil board more as a novelty. Uh, I don't think he thought that it would take off, uh, but he was ahead of his time there. Yeah. And nobody has a patent on it or anything like that. So it's nice that's open for wide open for development and stuff like that, where people don't have to worry about licensing it and so on. Right. Yes. So it's on really since I think Ken is probably responsible for this resurgence or this round of it anyway, but he, it was only May of 18 that it started. Yeah. So, yeah, and I always wondered why how you got the all the new wings and the new prototypes so early, but now I know it's because you're Ken Winner's your neighbor, so no wonder. But obviously, also you're a really good spokesperson for Duotone. I think that's that your videos are one of the reasons why I I got into wing foiling too. I'm not an official spokesperson for Duotone. Well, I'd rather think of myself, <laughs> you know, as an ambassador for the sport. Right. On, I'd like to see everyone try it and excel. It's just that my position is that I've been using these duotone wings. Okay, um, let's go talk a little bit more about equipment. You said, and I don't know if you have some video of yourself using your board and stuff like that, but you said you only use a front foot strap. You don't really jump because, because you're worried about injury and you often use a harness and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about for myself, I've never even tried a harness. I felt it's not really necessary. I, I feel like I'd, it doesn't. there's not as much pressure in the wing as when you're windsurfing. So what made you start using a harness? And, and yeah, maybe talk a little bit about the gear you use and why you set it up the way you do. Now, I did do a video on YouTube. You want uh, me maybe, to, maybe I can screen share it, yeah. Yeah, uh, on how to use the harness, all about the harness. Okay. And this, I did this last year, maybe even longer. Initially it was the boom is right there and you're sailing along and you think I could probably use a harness here. Okay. So yeah. So let's talk a little bit about using a harness and why, yeah, why you started using it and so on. First I thought, let's just try it and see if it works. And I went and made a custom harness line and I pulled my old windsurf harness out. There it is. And put it on and went out and gave it a few runs and decided, yeah, it was possible, but it, I didn't really need it. Didn't, you know, wasn't really happening. And what I realize now is that the harness, I made a custom harness line, a real long one, thinking that I needed a long one because the wing is way up here. Mm. But when it's over your head, there's no load on the wing. It's when you're going upwind that the boom comes down, the wing tips low to the water, And when you're going upwind, there's a lot of lateral pull. And it's at that point that you need or you would find a harness line comfortable. 
So I gave it another try. I pulled out a regular harness line, a Dekine, just regular windsurfing harness line, and got my old kite harness out. That's the one we're looking at now. And maybe later, people watching can watch this video to know what we're talking about here. But yeah. the main thing is that you have a hook that allows you to quickly get out of the, the uh, harness line. Yeah, you don't want it as small as a, a kite surfing hook, yeah, or the yes, a bit more open up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when you have the hook getting on your board, you can damage your board with the hook. So I go through a couple different methods to get on the board. And there's another video that I have on YouTube as well, where I'm riding my prone board, and I talk about how to get up when you're using a harness hook. Um, yeah talk about the length of the harness line and the placement uh, so would yeah. you say when you hold the boom it's about where your elbow is is that about the length or on um, the middle yeah the we used to grab the boom and then pull the loop down to your elbow and yeah. that was or to the crotch in your arm here and that was a good general ballpark some people like them shorter some people like them longer there's only a handful of people using harness lines over here. Ken Winner is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a few other people that have tried them on. And I'm getting people online talking about them. And there's certainly a lot of chatter online. You don't need them. Yeah. You need them. Yeah, a lot um, of people talking about it online. Here on Oahu, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody using a harness. But, but yeah, well, I find it interesting, though, intriguing. Um, it's... Not necessary. You don't have to have it. There are some drawbacks. It often, it'll hit you in the face when you're trying to pump up on the board. Mm -hmm. If it swings a lot on, um, you're wearing the harness hook. You can't lie on the board unless you unclip it because it'll damage your board. Or you just can't lay flat on the board if you have to paddle or something, but it's easy enough to unclip it and let it hang to the side on um, and like I said, it's a little harder to get on the board sometimes, but there's ways around that. When you're in the harness going upwind with the bigger wing, um, as soon as you get comfortable with it, you'll love it. Yeah, I can see that because you're basically just using your body weight to, to power up and not you don't use your arms anymore really just for control. Yes. Same as when now, you're windsurfing it. In higher wind with a smaller wing, it, it is a little scarier to hook in. We haven't had that many light wind days over here on, or I haven't had that many sessions out on my six meter. I do have a six meter wing mm -hmm. and going out in 10 to 12 knots with the harness and going up wind is a dream. It's so mm -hmm. comfortable and steady. Your weight does the work. Your arms are just relaxed. It's a really wonderful feeling. On, you're not going to use the harness going downwind. <clears throat> just the way that, excuse me, the way the wing folds out, you, you're just not going to hook in. It's really just for going upwind. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah. there's a shot of my foot straps. Yeah. Um, I only have the front foot straps. Uh, I switch like a windsurfer. I'll switch tacks after each run. Sometimes I might do a short run where I ride switched or toe side. I don't have a back strap because... I move my back foot around a lot and I did have it for a while and I fell and tweaked my ankle and I decided that I don't really need the back strap because I'm not jumping and it just was getting in the way and I don't want to injure myself on 
and I made a pledge early on to myself that I wouldn't take this sport to the air because where does it stop? And I'm really glad I did because seeing uh, Balls Mueller doing those loops, he's inspiring. And in the beginning, he was throwing himself up in the air and let's try this or let's try that and just coming down in a heap. In fact, I made a comment on one of his Instagram pages that you have nine lives and that one just cost you one. The one where he goes in the shore break, it just gets eaten up in the shore break. Yeah, with the foil kind of going over him and stuff like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I injured myself a number of years ago. It was a pretty serious back injury and I've healed up 100%. But so it, how did, it was, I, you told me about this injury yesterday. Can you tell us a little bit more how exactly how that happened? So I was surfing at Hokipa on a relatively big day uh -huh. and I did a late takeoff and I free fell head first and I put my arms up to protect from the board and I, I landed on the water like this instead of like this. Let me um, stop the screen sharing so you can show us what you're... Oh. Yeah. Okay. So how did, what, what happened? You've, you... I, I was surfing at Hokipa and I just yeah. did a late takeoff and went over head first and I put my arms up in the air to keep from getting hit by the board. Yeah. And I impacted the water like this instead of like this. Okay. And it was a compression fracture on my spine. Wow. Uh, paratroopers get a landing hard on their bum. And it was, I've healed fine, but it was pretty close to what they call a burst fracture where pieces of the bone enter the spinal cord and paralysis occurs. So I had a near life-changing experience there. And I think that was when I was 55, 54. So since then, I've kind of just decided not to take it to the air. <clears throat> I've, I've stopped kite surfing. I don't kite surf anymore because I don't trust myself um, to not jump. And uh, wing foiling is something that's less, like, it's a lot safer than so many other things out there. And I see some older folks down at the beach, an oldest relative, I'm 59. I know when I paddle out at Hukipa, I'm like the oldest one out there. Now that was Ken Winter catching a wingtip while he was in the harness. That's one thing that if you're gonna try a harness, you want to be aware of if that wingtip catches. Let's look um, at that again. It doesn't end up well. And I, I talk about this in the video with sound. Yeah. Um, so the wingtip catching right here, and then you're in the harness. You end up falling on the wing. You can't get out. You, you yeah. can't unhook. So if you're going to try the harness, that's something to to consider. This is not something that that you're going to go and use the first week of wing foiling. You want right. to have some skill. All right. So, so yeah, the other thing I wanted you to talk about was this cool move that I really was intrigued okay. by, and I, I still haven't been able to pull it off, but that's the starfish. So how do you get into it in the first place? So you, I kind of, I sort of did this by accident. Just hold it right there for a second, if you would. Okay. Yeah. I was giving a lesson to a novice sailor and he was out. I believe he was on the, he was on the big board. I don't know if it was the windsurfer or the big foil board. And he went out and he did the turn and he had flipped the wing over and he came out of it the other way. And I'm like, wow, how did he do that? He did it by accident. But the way he 
jived the wing and spun the board right around. I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try that. So I went out and I was trying to do what I saw him do. And I'm not sure what I did, but I was flipping the wing over just like this. Okay. And the wing got behind me. And something like that. And I said, okay, I'm going to try and do that and get the wing behind me. So I went out a few more times and I was able to flip the wing over. And as you turn down wind, you might back up there a little bit. Okay. As you turn down wind, you're moving with the wind. So the amount of pressure on the wing is minimal. So if you want to do this, it's relatively easy. You start your jibe. You turn the wing so that the wingtip drags in the water or starts to invert. So you flip the wing over. Okay. And then from here, turn the corner so that you're going with the wind. And at this point, as long as it's not blowing a gale, the, the wing is almost weightless because you're moving with the wind. At this point, you're coasting on the foil. Okay. You get your hand on the handle and you can bring it up behind you. Now at this point, if there's enough wind, the, the wind will keep the wing against you, just friction. So I, I did this, I was goofing off with it and I was going down the coast thinking, okay, this is pretty cool. How am I gonna get out of it? I don't know, I'll figure that out when I get there. And so I got down there and I reached up and grabbed the handle and flipped it over and sailed away. And I thought, well, that was cool. And I had put in a full day and I, I packed up and I was driving home and Alex Aguera calls me and says, dude, I went to get my camera. I got to get your new move. And this is Alex Aguera's filming this. So I'm like, no, nah, so I'm cool going. You pull out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going home, Al. And he's like, oh, man, you got to do it, man. Someone else is going to do it and claim your move. And I'm like, ah. And I'm halfway home, and I'm looking. The wind's blowing. It's a beautiful, sunny day. And I thought, we should do this while the sun's out. So I turned around. I went back, called him up, and said, I'm coming back. And I went out and did this. So it's a fun move. It's relatively easy to do and easy to get out of. Uh, the trick yeah, is to, yeah. you turn down wind and you flip the wing upside down and then get the handle and pull it around behind you. And then to get out of it, you just reach it up and bend over it. It's flip or jibe over your head. <laughs> so cool. I've yet to do it on a coast run. I think we're going to go today. It's blowing pretty good over here. I think we're yeah. going to do an illegal run. The windy day for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you end up going back to the beach, setting up again, and then pulling it off like that. And That's then, a good story. then Al came and, and filmed it. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I think we already went over the time we allotted. So I appreciate you talking about all those details. And what do you do like to stay healthy? What are your secrets to staying fit and, and young at your age? Oh, oh just trying to stay active just trying to do something every day. I, I haven't been doing much cross training lately. Uh, since I started doing the videos, I've had a lot of time sitting in front of the computer. But I have been trying to get out probably like four times a week to wing foil. Um, so that's been my main exercise, wing foiling. How long do you go out in the, on the water? Like I find sometimes when I go out for too long, 
I just start hurting myself. I don't know. Do you have a certain amount of time that's good for you or you just stay out as long as you can? Usually I'd say around two hours is my average session. Yeah. But remember, I have a harness. And when I did that speed run with the little yellow wing just a couple of days ago, yeah. my wife was using it and she doesn't use the harness line. So I'm like, okay, I just, it's really windy. I want to go get the GoPro speedometer going. And I, I, went out and I did my first speed run and I turned around and I'm going back up wind and I'm like, ah, oh, no harness line. Dang. And just those two runs without the harness line, my shoulder was starting to hurt. I don't know how many miles I've paddled surfing and how many times I've windsurfed. It's my shoulders. I'm not going to get a knee replacement. It's going to be a shoulder replacement. Yeah. The, that's pretty common. If I have to, I hope I never have to do that, but my shoulders have more miles than my knees or hips. Um, but I rely on the harness more than I realize I'm trying to go up wind there. It's just that time of hooking in and resting your arms, resting your shoulders, just that one leg up wind, then you're fresh to go downwind. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For me too, yeah, sometimes I just put the, my arms, straighten out my arms and hold the wing over my head and just relax a little bit. And even without a harness, you can... But yeah, I can see how if you have bad shoulders, it's not an easy thing to do after a while. All right. So anything, do you have any sponsors that you want to plug or anything that you want to mention like that? I, I'd like to thank Alex Aguera for taking care of me with the foils. He makes a great product. Ken and Duotone have been very generous with their products. Uh, I have to admit that I haven't used a lot of other stuff, but there's a lot, of, everyone has a lot of good stuff out there and it really doesn't matter what you use. The, the main thing is that you're using it, that you get out there. And this sport, you learn every time you go and it's a good physical workout and you think about it too. So it gets you thinking on, uh, you won't regret it on, uh, I, if there's one thing, one negative thing, and, and that is that it's very addicting and it's gonna, it's gonna take some of your time from something else, which for better or worse. And yeah, and your wallet will feel a little bit lighter too. <laughs> there's that aspect too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what do you wanna leave people with? Any, any last words? Uh, just to get out on the water and give it a try. You won't regret it. and. If, yeah, it's good to try new things. And living here in Hawaii, living here in Hawaii, most of our days are like other people's vacations. Take advantage yeah. of, of where you live and what you do. Are you certainly living your dream? And I, and I hope that things get back to where you can actually make money with your business again. Sorry to hear that you're struggling right now, but hopefully people can support your Patreon account and your great instructional videos online. Keep posting that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Very helpful. Well, I think you. for people learning. I think we're starting to come out of it here. Then yeah. you can see light at the end of the tunnel. I think we're gonna we're gonna be all right. And yeah. All right. For this for the Blue Planet show, who do you think I should interview next? Do you have any any ideas on who I should talk to? Let's see. I could think of a few different people. Well, Ken would be interesting. On yeah. But you said yeah, he's, you might not want to talk to me. Can you ask uh, him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can ask him. Okay. Uh, 
In fact, yeah, I can, I'll try and send you his email. Mark Rappahorst. Oh, he, yeah. He's a very interesting guy. He did SIC. He did the, the SUP paddling. He's into winging. For sure. Uh, Alex, he's got a lot of history on. Yeah. And Robbie Nash is, of course, an, an icon on some up and coming people over here on Maui. I, I think probably one of the best foilers here on Maui, and he's an exceptional winger too, is Kane DeWild. Yeah, he's amazing. He has some really sweet moves. I was down at the harbor not too long ago, and he goes, Hey, Alan, Alan, I figured something out. I'm like, What is it, Kane? He says, When you bring the wing, down to the rail it you can go so much faster upwind and i said oh no you figured that out <laughs> <laughs> it's like closing the gap on a windsurf board right now yes yeah. and i talk about it in the the video for how to go upwind yeah but he is so fast and so maneuverable he's just a real pleasure to watch and he always uses this pretty small wing too right he uses like smaller wings and just once he gets going, then he doesn't need as big of a wing. You're talking smaller foil or smaller wing, wing uh, wind wing. He does use a smaller wing and some of his foils are pretty small, but I've seen him like glide exceptionally far. He's making his own foils and really working at it. Yeah. I've listened to some of his interviews on the progression project and he's like, it's very thoughtful. He thinks about everything and has, uh, a lot of interesting theories and tests out stuff and he makes his own tail wings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he'd be definitely, he's definitely someone I want to talk to soon. Yeah. And he's just a kid too. So right. he's got a lot of future there. Yeah. Other up and coming. Let's see. There's a whole bunch of kids that are getting into it over here. Yeah. I think one of the cool things about wing foiling too, is that it's um, such a diverse group of people. Like you know, a lot of young kids getting into it, people with a surfing background, windsurfing, kite surfing background, a lot of different backgrounds. Plus I think just people are so intrigued by it. Even if they have no water sport experience, they're interested in it. So yes, it appeals to everybody. There's a lot of old time windsurfers mm -hmm. that I haven't seen for years that are down there, like the old days, windsurfing, but they're down there trying to figure it out. Um, there's another guy, um, nice gentleman, Alika, 250 pounds. Oh, I'm not suggesting him for an interview, okay. but he's, he is, um, he's down there all the time. But the point is he weighs 250 pounds and he's almost as graceful as Kane. He's wow. really smooth. He can do a lot of tricks. Um, there's no such thing as a 250-pound windsurfer freestyle stylist. You right. just you can't be 250-pound 200, sup paddler. The big guys, they're just, I'm sorry, but there's a disadvantage when you weigh 250 pounds. But it doesn't seem to affect him. Now, he uses a little bit bigger wing than everyone else, and his foil it's an access foil that's got a it's really high aspect. It's got a huge right. wingspan on it. Um, but the, the, and the, I've been teaching kids to windsurf for decades. And it's pretty easy to put them on the raft with the little wing and they drift out and you, they turn around and they drift in. And with a lot of effort, you can get them planing on a little board 
and a smaller sale, but generally they just don't have the weight to make it work. But with foiling, I'm seeing these little kids on little wings going out and foiling and, and doing it quickly. They're, they're up and foiling in a matter of days and they're out there riding around where trying to get them to do that on a windsurf board would take a year or two. I have always felt like, uh, for me personally, I brought a lot of background, windsurfing and kiting and everything to this sport. And I, I was one of the guys that just stepped on and, and went, made it go. And I really got a head start on everyone else. But when I see these kids that are coming on, they're, where they're going to take this sport, not just in their maneuverability, but when they start doing these tricks in the surf, you know. Really just starting to scratch the surface of what's possible. I think, I mean, there's going to be so much progression in the sport. It's just amazing. But actually, I wanted to ask you, if you have someone that has no experience in water sports, no foiling background, and they want to learn how to wing foil, like how, what is your progression in teaching them? Like, like how do you start them off? I start them off on the big windsurf board with a dagger board. And we didn't talk about this in the video. Maybe, I don't know if you can add that in later, but a lot of people show up with a SUP board. And the SUP board has the volume to get them out there to float around. But without the dagger board, they end up downwind very quickly. Drift, yeah. So the, the dagger board does two things. One is it, it prevents lateral slip and it's a, a pivot point to steer the board. Right. On um, I know that that they some of the shops, I don't know if high tech does, but I think some of the shops um, have like glue on or strap on dagger boards that you can put on your sup boards. That excuse me. That might be something that you could offer even as a rental, take your sup board that I sold you last year, put this on it, take the wing, go down to someplace. I don't know if Kehi Lagoon has landfall on the downwind side, but someplace like Kailua Bay might work. Yeah. Go out yeah. and learn how to sail it out, turn around and sail back with the goal of coming back to the same spot. And when my students are able to push that windsurf board almost onto a plane, that tells me that they're loading the wing, that they've got enough sense to sheet in and sheet out. And when they can come back to the same spot, they know how to turn around and they know on how to steer the wing to get the board to go upwind. Mm-hmm. Once they can do that, then the next step is to go on the foil board. And I wanted to ask you about- So you uh, never take them behind a boat or anything? Like you don't do the foil practicing behind a boat? You don't really I, need that, I guess. Once you know how to well, handle the wing, that's your- your power source right now in a perfect world behind a boat would be great maybe an e-foil might be the next best thing have you done much e-foiling yeah i have um, done it a bunch do you offer it in lessons at all do you have them in the shop no longer offer lessons or rentals just because of the cost of liability insurance but we refer that uh, we refer people that there's a company called e-foil experience here on oahu that we refer people to yeah i ideally in a perfect world behind a boat or jet ski or even on an e-foil would be great but the reality of i'm sure it's just as hard on oahu as it is maybe it's worse here on maui on to get permits to do stuff behind a boat you have to go through the state and get the permit through the state and oh just a, yeah not many places you can do it actually that's true and then even here on the north shore on 
the rules and regulations for jet skis during the winter, during the whale season. You need to have permits and license and it's a thrill craft. If you're going to go in the surf, you need the tow thing. And it's just yeah. it, the, the reality. But I've had a lot of people who come with no foil experience, get the, get the feeling with a wing on the big board and then apply it to the foil board. The big foil with the short mast with the big floaty board. Um, a lot of people have learned that way. Um, and then they're off to get their own equipment and, and practice on their own. Um, awesome. The, yeah, and I think winging is the, probably the easiest way to learn how to foil other than behind a boat or on an e-foil probably. It's definitely much easier, I think, to learn how to wing foil or to foil on with a wing than in the waves because then there's a whole additional complication of having to catch a wave and get up on your feet and all that kind of stuff. I, if you're I agree. on surfing and, and even stand-up paddle surfing is not that easy to catch the wave and figure yeah, it out. I had that discussion with a guy this morning who's actually, or emailed, he's actually a, a winger that can foil. And it's too windy over here the last couple of days. It's just been <laughs> smoke on the water. Yeah. So he says he wants to try prone on his sup board. And I'm like, he's got an 80 liter board. Oh, I'm geez. like, no, that, that's too big. You need to get a prone board if you want to, if you want a prone. And yes, it's easier. It's going to be easier to prone in the surf than it is to sup in the surf. He has no sup experience. And Trying to sup for the first time, you need to have a real easy Waikiki style wave. And, but of all the sports, whether it's kite surfing or windsurfing, prone surfing, sup foiling, if you've never done any of that, that it's going to be easiest to learn, I believe, with a wing. I agree. Ideally, behind a boat or uh, the e-foil might be the next best thing, next easiest way. But again, the logistics of getting a boat, you need a driver, you need a place. I, I have a boat and I took my wife out. We did a snorkel trip to Molokini and mm -hmm. I brought the foil along and my daughter and her friends and we all took turns on the foil. And my wife, you know, got up and scissored. Oh. Damaged her ribs. And she was out for six months. Oh, geez. And then, so she's better. So we go back to the beach and we're going to wing foil. And she goes out on the wing foil board. And neither one of us thought of a vest. And she fell and did the same thing another oh. six months. Oh. So she's got a late start. But she's, oh, she's determined, well. though. Yeah. Twice it happened and she's still going. That's, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've watched a lot of your videos. And you do a really great job of filming and editing and it's really easy going and the information is really clear and concise and yeah. You've Thanks done a lot. It is a lot of work to, to put out good content, but I try just try to be consistent, try to do one a week. That's my goal. And then we definitely see, a, I see a lot of rewards from that too. People appreciate it and people support our business because people know about our business because of the videos. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. 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 That again, that was the whole reason why I started the YouTube stuff. Yeah. And then, then the Patreon stuff just fell yeah. into place. And yeah. I mean, and I think it, it, once, once people start coming back to Maui, it'll definitely, you'll see a lot of returns from that. People are going to seek you out because of your videos. People will be like, Oh yeah, I, this guy knows what he's doing. So <laughs> you, I'm sure your business is going to do well going forward. It's going to just get better and better. 
I'm planning on coming to Oahu to visit my dad. Oh um, yeah. Probably in the, he gets his second COVID shot on the 3rd of March. And I thought I'd give him a week to get solid. Mm -hmm. And then, then I can come over without worrying about bringing anything. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's meet up when you're here and maybe we can do a video together, do a collaboration. Yeah, maybe. I just would like to wing in Kailua. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Or yeah, even Kailua, flat, flat Island is super fun, actually, when the wind's the right direction and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And might be too early for a south swell, but is it Kahala? Where is it? Yeah, Kahala is where we end up going a lot just because it's easy and there's like showers and stuff like that. But Diamond Head is also really fun. We like going out of Diamond Head. It's kind of like the old days of windsurfing when there's a south swell, Diamond Head gets good. And there's a few other spots like Hickam Air Force Base. I have a my wife is in the military, so I can go there. And that's, I just went there for the first time a couple of days ago, and it was amazing. It's like a super smooth wave there that's protected from the wind. So right by the airport runway, it's awesome. Yeah. Nice. There's a few good spots. And then on the North Shore, guys go out at Revy's and stuff like that. And there's some good winging on the North Shore for sure. You got a lot of good spots on the wall. I, I got a lot of that over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd rather just I'd rather just cruise the, around in Kailua. The mellow stuff, yeah. I mean, and that's why Kahala is pretty nice. Kailua is good. Like a lot of times for beginners, I don't really recommend it that much, especially if you're regular foot, because first of all, you're going out on your different opposite side, so it's hard to get going if you're not used to being switched, having your stance switched, and then you end up going downwind, and then you have to walk back up the beach, and it's it can be quite exhausting, and and it's hard to get off the beach in the first place if you don't know how to go upwind. So it's not a, not actually I I find it not a great spot to learn, but but it is fun though. It does have some fun waves and good consistent conditions out there for sure. Yeah. You, you do need more window. Like it needs, like when, when you guys on Maui have the smoke on the water days, then that's when Kailua gets good here. Yeah. Oh, it's probably good today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I heard it was really good the last couple of days here too on, on Kailua. But yeah, I'm going to try to head out this afternoon too. I, I got some, stuff I got to do, but thanks so much, right. Don, for joining okay, me. I, I hope, hope you got stuff to work with there. Oh, no, it's, it was great. I appreciate it. Okay. And, uh, well, I appreciate it too. Yeah. And then, and, yeah. And then when you're here, let's stay in touch and maybe we can do another interview in, in a while in six months or so. We'll talk about what's new and uh, yeah. And thanks for sharing the stuff about you do a tone wing. I'm excited to try that hopefully soon. Hopefully it won't take forever to get out <laughs> into the marketplace. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I put your order in early. But yeah, if, you, if I can get an early prototype or whatever, I'd always... I'll talk to Ken and see if he has any sway. I don't know if he has that sway. Yeah, no, great. Appreciate Only that. Ask. Appreciate yeah. that. Get to know the right people. Right on. Okay, Alan, thanks hey, Robert, so much. Thank have a great okay. day. Hope, hope have you a have session. Uh, get, get a little session this afternoon too. Right and, on. Uh, appreciate your time. Take care, buddy. Right. Thank you. Okay. Aloha. All right, you're still here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I really appreciate it. And if you're still here, that means this show is for you. I realize it's a very tiny segment of the population that's going to be watching this whole thing or listening. And of course, if you are as crazy about wing foiling as I am, you can't get enough of it. So that's probably why you're still here. And I appreciate it, of course, 
please, if you like it, please give it a thumbs up. It helps our ratings on YouTube. So far, our uh, reception has been really good of the first two Blue Planet Show episodes. So I'm hoping to build that momentum some more. And a little tip for our viewers, if you subscribe to our channel and watch the interviews in the first week that, that we posted, you get to watch it ad-free. After a week, we we monetize it and it starts playing ads on YouTube. So the best time to watch is during the first week, right after we post it. And you can also click that little bell icon by the subscribe button, and that will give you a notification when we post a new show. So you can always stay up to date and watch it ad-free. That's just a little bonus for our subscribers. So again, thanks for watching, and I'll see you on the water. Aloha.